For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's Locked On Dude Super Show 3.0. I'm Kyle Krabs, Fan Rag Sports NDT Scouting. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Joe Marino of the Draft Dudes Podcast. And we're also joined by the lovely, lovely couple of locked on NFL draft, couples, Mr. Trevor couples, Sikama. Couple's a good way to say it. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah. we're we're work wives, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and John Ledyard, who rudely interrupted me before yeah. I could even introduce him on his own show. Very rudely. So uh, we are here on site in Mobile, Alabama, getting ready for day three of the 69th Reese Senior Bowl, and nice. We have to really process a lot of stuff that happened yesterday. Yesterday was kind of a day of separation. It felt like in a lot of position groups. Uh, John, I guess I'll start with you. If what, you have to. Yeah, I know. we got to get you out of the way. <laughs> What's a storyline from yesterday that you really felt like kind of took over for you personally as you watched these practices unfold? Uh, I think Kamoko Therese, I know a guy that we all want to talk about uh, some because he's shown out here. Is the best. I mean, we've talked about Davenport a lot, and Albany Alcaronco had a better day yesterday, but... 
it's just been ter- I mean, Terrain's been the best pass rusher here, in my opinion, like in terms of the way they've looked during these practices, at least. And so, very excited to see him in the game. I know there was a lot of people that were kind of like down on the way Rutgers used him, and they didn't let him tee off and rush the passer as much as they could have. And last year, it seemed like they let it happen a little bit more, but he's also dropping a lot, and they're doing a lot of different things with him, and didn't feel like he could get in that good of a rhythm as a pass rusher where he was able to you know, kind of set up his next move uh, by attacking all game. And so I think to a team that lets him work in that capacity and is okay with some struggles in run defense, which he showed on tape, and I'll be anxious to see if he shows during the game uh, on Saturday, I just think he's had a really good week, and some of his ankle flexibility is just it's unbelievable to watch on tape. Uh, the biggest storyline for me um, would be – it would be Nathan Shepard again, and it's it's him going out with the injury. Uh, it was reported that he ended up breaking his hand during the practice yesterday, so not going to be able to do anything for the rest of the week. That, I mean, that's probably going to keep him out of the combine, right? They, they said two to three weeks, I think, on his recovery. No surgery needed. Okay, they said he, all right. He could be that's, good to go. That's good. That means it's not, you know, that's not, it's too bad of a break. But mm-hmm. this kid, and the reason why that's my big takeaway is because. I'm thinking about this guy as, like, like a top 30, top 40 player at this point. Like, if you run that many reps and you're that unblockable every time, like, I, I just have to take notice of it. And and people, which after the first day when we were watching him basically, like I said, be unblockable for, for a lot of the drills, I was asking some people, like, hey, uh, any chance you've seen some Fort Hayes State tape, you know? And, and some people are... Uh, most people are like, absolutely not. Um, but a couple of other people said, yeah, like I watched his tape before. He's good, but it just like the, he, he kind of went under the radar from everybody because they say he's good, but he just didn't have the like the stat production. So it was yeah. like, okay, well, he's just kind of, a, kind of a gem that was a small school guy, obviously comes to the senior bowl, and he's balling out. And for the second day in a row, I thought he was having a fantastic day, breaks his hand, and so uh, disappointed there. But he's, he's going to leave as, as my – most impressive player, even though he's not going to get a third day in. So um, disappointing that he is hurt, but that would be my main storyline is that I think the best D lineman here uh, is not going to be able to go for the third day. Yeah, for me, guys, this comes down to Josh Allen and Marcus Davenport. Those guys were billed as the faces of this event. Those guys were the ones that they had at the uh, the introductory press conferences, the guys they touted out for, for taking questions. The, the marketing is about these guys, and there's this belief that they were going to take over the week, and it's been anything but that. And while I've continued to see struggles, and that's a result of me focusing in on those two players throughout the week of practice and confirming that with film study of all the one-on-one reps and team reps after practice in the Exos film room, those players have been largely disappointing, and there's a narrative that's being pushed right now that those two players are performing well. And I don't know what these people are watching because there's no way that you can watch this and expect and come away with that conclusion. I was very high on Josh Allen coming into the uh, 2017 season. Mm -hmm. The information makes the evaluation. His tape is bad. And he's coupled that with a bad performance here at the Senior Bowl where the same issues that plagued him all season long in terms of bad accuracy – Poor processing skills, inconsistency with his footwork are plaguing him here again this week. UTSA defensive end Marcus Davenport's a guy that I was very high on, his physical traits and his burst and his power at his size. Well, he's not using that to his best advantage to get off blocks all season long at UTSA and again here at the Senior Bowl. So let's let's 
take a step back, forget what we know about these players, allow the information to, to dictate the evaluation, and I'm coming away with very negative impressions on both of these players' performances this week, despite what some of the bigger media is saying out there. So uh, for me, the biggest takeaway is the contrast between what I'm seeing from Davenport and Allen and what's being pushed because they want to make these two guys the faces of this week. Yeah, you know, as we're sitting here recording this, apparently Todd McShay just said Marcus Davenport's the best player here at the Senior Bowl. What? So, what? yeah, I know. I know. So, I don't even think he's the th- – I would rank at least – three, maybe four edge rushers here ahead of him based on what they've done this you week. You know, sure. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I actually just did this piece for wow. NDTscouting.com wow. where we ranked the edge rushers based on their performances for the first two days. I have six guys ahead of Davenport. It's, he's, he has not won a single pass rush rep. Yep. And I, listen, I know this is one-on-ones, I know, but these drills are so catered to defensive players. And if you're as explosive and long as he's being billed as, and you want to take him in the top 20, something's not adding up here. If you watch him and put Kamoko Ture right next to one another, mm-hmm. put somebody who knows nothing about both players in the same room, and ask them, mm-hmm. hey, who's the top 20 player here? Yeah. Nine out of ten people, I would hope, are going to point to Ture because he's winning his reps and he's doing it in, in great fashion. And the biggest thing for me is that it, you know the Senior Bowl is part of the evaluation. If you see things at the Senior Bowl that confirm what you've seen on tape, I think you're closer to yeah. You feel really full, good about full it. understanding of yeah. the evaluation of a player. Now, if you see things that contrast, that's when you got to go back to the tape. Like if Josh Allen was like deadly accurate here, you know, you would want to go back to the tape and be like, you know, Josh Allen looked great in Senior Bowl. What was different about that environment as opposed to a game? What affects him in a game that didn't happen at Mobile and things like that? You would kind of want to strip that down a little bit and analyze it from different levels. But when it's a confirmation of what you've seen on tape, where Marcus Davenport <clears throat> he struggled with pad level. You know, he struggled with things like that on tape. He struggled with he always wanted to take that outside swim move. That's a tough move to hit in the NFL. On I mean, you see, I mean, I chart edge sacks by by edge defenders all every edge sack in the NFL, and I think I saw that move. Cam Jordan did it maybe twice this season. He's the only guy thing I've seen pull it off this season. There's just not a lot of people that win primarily with that move. When I asked him what his favorite move was, that's what he said. That's great. Can you work any other moves? You have the skill set to work any other moves. He, his pad level, when he tries to corner at the top of the arc, it's extremely high. He catches punches flush all the time because he's given up so much surface area. He doesn't have counter moves, so he doesn't get back inside of you. And his pad level, he has to drop it a lot to get power as a bull rusher. I know everybody's like, Davenport ran over people, you know, that he played in Conference USA. Well, it's Conference USA, and a lot of those people weren't even offensive linemen. A lot of the highlight reel, you know, things that you see from him, they were like tight ends and running backs that he ran through to, to get to the quarterback. So you're not going to win with a straight bull rush against tight ends, or they used against tight ends and running backs with a high pad level against offensive tackles in the NFL. You're yeah. going to get put on your butt, and that's what Alex Kappa did to him early on in the week and you know that's what we're going to continue to see if he doesn't fix it so for me it was a confirmation of the struggles we saw on tape which just kind of solidified to me that the hype on these two guys is just way over the top yeah and what's what's also over the top is the amount of quality takes flying here on locked on dudes so shifting (laughs) our focus from day two to day three you know we're, we're sitting here at the renaissance practices in a couple hours uh, each team's get one more go. Friday's an off day, then we play the game on Saturday. Evaluation process really kind of ends today, right? The game's the kind. The game is the cherry on top. So, Joe, I'll start with you this time. What's something you want to see that you feel like you haven't had answered for you? And then we'll we'll get the rest of us in behind him. 
uh, as far as something you were hoping to see before the week or something that flashed to you throughout the first two days that you need to now re-examine now that we have a little more time today? Yeah, the thing that I've yet to see is a confirmation of what I saw on tape from Wyatt Teller, the Virginia Tech offensive lineman, particularly playing guard. I saw a player on tape that was really physical, a guy that moved well, that dominated getting out in space and making blocks, and he struggled a lot this week. Uh, Really inconsistent with his hands. He's folding at the waist. It seems like he's not trusting the techniques that made him successful in college and made me like him a lot on tape coming into the week. So uh, we've kind of noted a few times that We've we've liked his ability to recover. Well, the problem is that he keeps having to recover. So want to see him be a little bit more aggressive, trusting his technique and confirming the player that I thought he was on tape uh, because right now he's really been overshined by a lot of other offensive linemen. Some of the smaller school guys have really popped. Uh, so uh, he needs to kind of, you know, not that, not that the week of practice defines his evaluation, but you certainly, like John said earlier, is you want to see things confirmed, and, and I haven't seen that yet from Wyatt Teller. I think for me it's two guys that, that kind of stand out. Kurt Benkert, uh, the quarterback. And then uh, I think that we'll start with Benkert because I think that I, I was hoping coming into the week that there could be consistency. And it really hasn't been that, man. I mean, there were some great throws yesterday. Day one was rough for him. There were some, But yesterday, man, he put some passes on the money. You know, he looked very comfortable. Um, and then there were a couple passes that – it was like, where, where is it going? Um, and, and he made some questionable decisions, too. So I was, I was really hoping, kind of, and, and I don't know that I would say I expected, but I was hoping to see Kurt Benkert establish a little more consistency. I still like the flashes a lot. If you're taking a developmental quarterback, you know, in the mid-round range, in the way that, in the range that, you know, Josh Allen should be being talked about, I, I think Benkert's almost as attractive as Allen uh, based on a lot of things. He can not quite quite as high highs but the low the not quite as low lows either so i like some of the things that he shows i think that he can be an interesting option for a team you know i tend to think about quarterbacks either have it or you don't so i'm not saying he's going to turn into a stud in the nfl but teams are going to take a shot on these guys with tools and i think he has some of that the other guy for me is mason cole you know i came into the week hoping that mason cole could prove himself as one of the best offensive linemen here and it's just been a really inconsistent week for him there's been some really good things in the 11 v 11s in the run game but the pass protection has been a consistent issue at center. The snaps we saw in 1v1s were a consistent issue, consistently coming off to the left with him. And uh, I think that he really is struggling against power right now. And I wonder if there's enough sand in the pants. I also wonder if he is still getting used to playing center. Because remember, freshman year, sophomore year, tackle, junior year, center, senior year, back at left tackle. So he hasn't played center a whole lot, especially over the last year. So... There's going to be some level of issue with him in terms of trying to make that transition on the fly without a lot of reps there. So I'm giving him a little grace, but it hasn't been an impressive week. Can we talk about how great the phrase sand in the pants is real quick? Can you, can you elaborate on that for 10 seconds it's for me? It's probably one of the top five scouting terms, I think. On the hoof. Yeah. On the hoof's another good one. <laughs> um, trying to think. If we're going to... Looks like a quarterback. Just... <laughs> Looks like a quarterback, Josh Allen. I'll tell you about Josh Allen. Um, all right, so <laughs> I guess uh, hopefully I'm not stealing Kyle's with here because I'm because I'm going to use two. But um, when he asked a question, some questions that I still have about guys, two defensive linemen come to my mind in particular: uh, Jalen Holmes from Ohio State and the Deshaun Hand from Alabama. Uh, I don't really know what to do with Deshaun Hand because he played in a in a system where obviously Alabama has. They recruit so many great 
athletic outside linebacker pass rushers to play in that 3-4 defense that a lot of the times they're down linemen are really just they're these monsters in the middle. They're, they're, they're two-gap players. They're run support guys. They're guys to hold the, the line. And Deshaun Hand's not really that. He's more of a finesse, a kind of speed. That's the weight that he came in. That's the size that he's in. So it, it was a weird fit for him on tape and what he was doing. And, and here in Mobile, he said that he wanted to be a three-tech defensive tackle. And that's not really something he's done much of at Alabama, especially because he wants to be obviously be a pass-rushing um, three-tech. And so I've seen nice flashes from him where obviously the athleticism kind of pops out. I think he's athletic for his size, but... Just in terms of, I'd like to see him play and almost like take command of like, are, are, what are you going to be? Are you going to be a 4-3 defensive end? Are you a 3-4 defensive end? Are you a 4-3 defensive tackle? What are you basically? So that's one of the questions that I'm hoping to get a little bit more clear here in this third day because he's, he's flashed in some areas and he's been disappointing in, in the other ones when he's played at kind of all of those positions. So I want to see him really take hold of a position that, that he knows he could play well. And then Jalen Holmes from Ohio State, uh, huge dude. Kyle's talked about him. I think he talked about him yesterday showing up at 280. Wears his size really well. Um, I just got, I, one of the scouts I talked to, the term that he uses is like a body beautiful guy. You know, it's just that he wears 280 pounds really well. And yesterday, I thought he was pretty quiet on the first day, but then yesterday, going up against Will Hernandez in particular, he had one rep where he just he rips him one way, spins the other, knocks him to the ground, gets, you know, to basically where the quarterback would be. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is the quarterback on that rep. And it was such a beautiful pass rush rep from an interior defensive line spot that he's another guy. I want to know what he's doing because Ohio State loves to rotate their guys all over the place. They like to get, sometimes they'll play four defensive tackles on the line. Uh, sometimes they'll play four defensive ends on the line. You just don't know because they have such great big athletes at Ohio State. I want to see what Jason, or I want to pay attention to what Jalen Holmes can do really well so I can kind of identify a position moving forward of where I want to project him because I think he, like I said, I think he wears his size well. I think he's got good speed and strength for the combination of how big he is. So I just want to, I want to be able to pinpoint him there because I do think there's some talent there with Holmes. Trevor, we're talking the same language, just different players. Safety Kaiser White, West Virginia, showed out really well yesterday playing some man-to-man coverage reps, staying physical at the top of his route stems uh, to prevent guys from getting a clean break on him out in space. Another body beautiful guy. Uh, I believe he checked in at 216. Uh, he's the second most body beautiful guy walking around 216 behind yours truly uh, here at the Senior Bowl this week. Uh, White, uh, he's a booming hitter on film. He tackles like a ton of bricks. He is quick to close. Uh, they played him at this spur position at West Virginia where he's kind of a nickel linebacker, box safety hybrid. Okay, if White shows consistently here today that he can follow up with more strong coverage skills against tight ends I'm going to feel a lot better about going back and referring to his tape yet again to make sure that you know this is a guy that actually does have three down value instead of being more of a, of a nickel package type guy that I'm not sure I'm going to be f- comfortable slotting him in just a single spot they were playing white at like single high safety weren't they yeah they were they were letting him and th- that was kind of just like straight out of the gate they were like all right we're going to go to we're going to go to cover cover one and Kaiser White was the first safety that they yep. that they used. Yeah, they're, they're kind of. I really so. feel like they're moving him, and we've seen this from a couple different segments with the coaching staffs of they're moving players around. Specific, you could tell they're testing them in certain areas. So with White, okay, let's play off man coverage against a tight end, and he he stays patient and squats on the route, and then he contacts and collisions, and then gets into the hip pocket. For and then they they'll turn around and, and move him to single high free safety, and they want to see what his range is on the back end. 
I think if you're asking him to, to hip, uh, flip his hips, you know, and, and try and get more than 90 degrees with his angles getting out of his back pedal, you might be a little underwhelmed. You know, he doesn't have that great transition, but he's got really good linear acceleration. So he is somebody that can challenge a little bit from a single high position. And then you look at Shaq Griffin, the UCF linebacker. Yeah, I, I mean, mention. they they were playing him in in one on ones against running backs, and I think three straight routes they ran routes that broke to the left, so that they wanted to see what Shaq Griffin was going to do, trying to attack with that missing hand, mm-hmm. how he was going to play the football. Right. And I think that's a really interesting thing that we saw develop when we were sitting up in Exos yesterday watching the film. Is yeah, they're they're going right at him. They're testing. They want to see what he does. And Griffin was so interesting because yesterday. I mean, this week, the two practices, he's played on the edge as a 3-4 outside linebacker, situationally and in, in walkthroughs at least. He played off-the-ball linebacker, obviously. He played single high safety yesterday in yeah. practice. So, I mean, this is a guy where they're just testing it out. Where's the versatility, you know? And he's almost he's in the right position all the time. His mental processing is great. He's got good instincts. He's, a, he's an athlete. He's a good athlete. I know that the hand is going to be a concern to some people, but... I think he's had a great week. I think he's showing out. You know, the logical aspect of me, I'm a logical person. Like, I, how can you do this at the NFL level with one hand? I don't know. But the way he's played, what he's shown, ah, man, he's really come to play this week. I think he's had a great week. And it, everybody kind of says that anyway because his story's a great one. So I think a lot of big media people are going to say Shaq Griffin had a great week if he does anything good. But as somebody who doesn't really care about driving the narrative and just – cares about whether or not he was actually good i think jack griffin's had a great week right now join t-mobile and get an unlimited family plan with netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone tablet or tv plus buy one samsung galaxy s9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your netflix favorites on your new phones call 1-800-t-mobile or visit a store today Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Yeah, I think uh, the athleticism's really shown. Uh, I think he. this is a player that Special teams all day. Yep. I'll, I'll take a player like that as great of an athlete as he is. He's going to play like his hair is on fire. Uh, I want him on the kick coverage units, uh, running down the field, trying to make plays. There's value there. There's not day two value there with any draft investment. Uh, you're disappointed if you're, you're second and third round picks. That's all they're able to contribute. But if you got a late round pick and you need special teams and just depth and, and guys that are going to keep your, your guys higher up on the depth chart off the field on some of these units and you can trust them. I think Shaq Griffin's a great candidate for, for a day three target somewhere. Uh, final parting thoughts. You know, I, I just, John, you mentioned not being interested in driving the narrative. Yeah. Right? What's one narrative, and I'm going to ask all of us, what's one narrative coming away from this week that you would take the bull by the horns and say, I'm going to stand on this take. This is what I see. This is what I'm coming away from this week with. This is what you guys need to watch out for going forward through the draft process. 
Man, I, I, I need to watch Brian O'Neill's tape at Pitt because I haven't. He's one of the few players coming into the week where I did not get a chance to look at. But he's really struggled here, especially in pass protection in the 1v1s. I think there are some great athletic tools with Brian O'Neill. You know, in, in some ways, he reminds me a little bit of Villanueva, but I think Villanueva is kind of an outlier in that he caught on really quick at Pittsburgh, and he got arguably the best offensive line coach in the league to develop him. And so, you know, in the same way, they're both pretty athletic, and they, they use that length to kind of protect the edge. And even though it doesn't look pretty all the time, they get the job done. I think there's that aspect of things with Brian O'Neill. But I think he's way more susceptible. And Villanueva is susceptible to it, but O'Neal probably even more so right now. His strike timing's poor. He misses with his hands a lot. Um, and he lets guys inside of his pads. He opens the door for a pass rushers to get inside of him, which is the quickest path to the quarterback. Um, and it worries me because I've seen him mocked in the first round. And I've seen the, bu- seen the first round buzz. And I need to get to a safe, but what I've seen here, that looks about two or three rounds too high and I know a project they're going to accept that whoever team takes him and they're going to try and develop him because he does have athletic tools and length but I think at the same time it's a little bit concerning to me that he has only really stood out negatively in 1v1s and shown very little positive outside of just having the the length and quickness to kind of push guys up the arc if they beat him but this isn't the most elite group of pass rushers that he'll face and it doesn't compare to the NFL at all so I think that's concerning when you look at O'Neal if he's a guy that's expected to start right away. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, along the same lines, and I'm going I'm to take a, a negative narrative that, that is going to be the one that I'm going to stand by, and that's, that's the, the Marcus Davenport one. And I'm, I'm using this because it is relevant right now, especially for Tampa Bay Buccaneers people. And, uh, on a lot of, uh, I know a lot of people listening who are listening for me have come from my traffic, obviously Buccaneer fans because I cover the Buccaneers. Daniel Jeremiah had had Davenport going to the box before this senior bowl at number seven overall. And the driving narrative that I'm going to tell you is that Marcus Davenport is not worth the seven overall pick. He's just not. And that's okay. And a lot of the times it seems like, oh, you know, you're just hating on the guy. You don't think he can, you don't think he can do anything. You don't think he can make it. That's not even necessarily the case. I just think that even for the Buccaneers, especially, you've got to get a guy who can contribute on every down. If he, like this isn't just, yes they need a pass rusher okay he's got alluring pass rush traits that might come to fruition in the NFL that's great but the Buccaneers defensive line is bad and so they need three down linemen Marcus Davenport is not a three down lineman right now he gets blown up in the run game whether you know whatever he's doing and in the past game we saw him yesterday uh, which would be Wednesday we saw him in a couple of pass rush reps where it's like hey man the offensive line has no help you're literally going one on one you've like you should win this, and he just—he didn't win it. He—he he didn't. There were so many. There were so few reps in pass rush that he even won. And so, that—that's my thing is that that Marcus Davenport. You're, we're already. I mean, we walked by some people doing uh, shows on on Radio Row this morning before we even got to this podcast, and they said, "What's the, who's who's the, who's the best player here?" And the guy goes, and the guy's like, "Well, I think Marcus Davenport's having a great week," and I'm like. Must be two Marcus Davenport's. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I don't know, and I, I don't know, I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what we're doing, but you know, obviously, I thought, you know, I thought in the press conferences, fine kid, seemed like a motivated kid. You love the tools. You love how big he is. You love the frame. You love everything like that. And he is still raw as a pass rusher, but you don't pick this kid seven overall. You're just setting him up to failure because at that point, you've got to play him right away. You've got to play him on rundowns, and you just don't want that. So, if a team, if a team wants to take a chance on Marcus Davenport. Midday two, we're talking like 
late second, early third. I'm okay with that. That's fine. And and you can play him in his first year. I think you can you can afford to play him on you know long third downs, pass rush downs, all that kinds of stuff. Situational guy when he's in the rotation on the defensive line. But you can't pick a player in the first round who's going to be strictly a situational guy. And I'm I'm afraid that that might be Marcus Davenport after getting to watch him um, for for a full couple days here in Mobile. Well, Kyle said that we can have one big takeaway from the week, but if anyone knows me and Kyle... don't do this. uh, I don't take one. I'm taking three, and I'll make it quick here, guys, but... I have three major takeaways that, uh, that I, I, hey, look, I'm prepared to make major stances, and, and I'm about to do it. So, uh, f- number one, Oregon left tackle. Tyrell Crosby's a top five offensive tackle in this class. He's, uh, he's got great size. He's got length. He's ridiculously powerful, and uh, he's showing that he can hang with speed rushers on the outside. Uh, you know, it doesn't always look beautiful. He's a little bit early with his hands at times, but those he doesn't get beat. He just doesn't get beat. He gave up only three pressures, zero sacks this entire season, and uh, he's shown that ability to protect the outside edge track so far this week. He's a top-five offensive tackle in this class. Isaiah Wynn, the guard from Georgia, moving inside from playing offensive left tackle the last couple seasons at Georgia, he has shown his ability to naturally transition inside. The big concern when you talk about moving players inside to guard is if they can handle the action quicker. The power gets on top of them quicker, and uh, how do they respond to that? Well, he's responded very favorably. He's stoning every dude that comes against him in terms of pass rushing, easily mirrors, easily gets his hand lo- hands located, and the power is obvious to, to be able to move people out of gaps as a run blocker. So uh, I think that he's a f- top-five offensive guard in this class. And then the last one is Andrew Brown, Virginia defensive lineman. Uh, he's a guy that is getting a chance to play in an attacking three-technique role after a couple seasons at Virginia where he was used as a two-gapping five-technique. He's loving the ability to be in more of an attack style role. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, he's got terrific physical tools. He's checked in at 6'3", 295, 35-plus inch arms. And he, you know, he may not have had the production at, at Virginia of a five-star recruit like he was coming in. He was the number one defensive tackle prospect in the nation coming out of high school. But uh, he's a player that is going to far overachieve Uh, based on maybe where he gets drafted and what his expectations were based on his college production. So his best football is ahead of him, and he's giving us a showcase of that so far this week. Oh, so glad somebody woke me up there. I'm glad I missed the, the, the long-winded narrative. <laughs> that was well said. The Anything classic. Long-winded. The so when I get a chance, I take. Classic it. Joe Marino triple dip. I am, I if am you who listen I am. to draft dudes with any regularity, you are not surprised. Uh, <laughs> my final narrative that I want to drive is not about a player; it's about the event. This stuff matters. Yeah. Right. This is an evaluation process piece that I don't care if you're interviewing these guys at media day if you've got private team meetings just watch them on the field there there are ample opportunities to take away and come away with a greater impression on a player being here and watching this unfold and interacting with this and making the most of your time here it's an extremely fruitful piece of my personal endeavors as I try and work through a list of 300 players every year and get the best handle on these guys that I possibly can there's guys like Kamoko Ture is going to have me running back to tape. Kaiser White, if he has good man-to-man stuff, is going to have me running back to tape this week. Mm-hmm. There are some players, John, as you mentioned, you want to see the same thing here in this environment than what you saw on film. If you do 
check the box. Let's move on. If you don't, you have to look at the conditions here, and you have to look at the conditions at school and the team that he's playing with and the coverages they're playing and the play calls and the structure mm -hmm. of the play and his teammates around him and the gap fits and run. There's so many things that you have to really, really look closely at. And there's examples of it every year. I mean, look at Andrew Brown, the defensive lineman for Virginia. He was a two-gap player for, for two years at right. Virginia. And he's here, and they've let him off the leash. And they said, hey, you know, go, call, go cause disruption at the mesh point. And he looks like a totally different player as far as he's consistently getting the penetration that he only rarely flashed yeah. at Virginia. So I think that's my main takeaway that I want to push is don't poo-poo this. I think, too, you know, for anyone who says the senior bowl doesn't matter, it's, well, well, there's an Exos film room upstairs that has all 22 of the entire practices. You know, from several different angles, you see techniques, you see you know, footwork, you see all kinds of stuff. Tell me why that room from 9 to 10.30 is filled with NFL scouts and personnel people, as well as media people that, that want to go in and check it out, too. And that's, I know, where we're headed after we finish recording here. But, the yeah, film grinders. Exactly. But it's like, if that doesn't matter, then why is it clearly vital for the NFL right. in terms of their process and what they want to look at? Um, and those guys are in there studying that, and they have their notepads on. They're taking notes. Like, sorry, I'm going to go with the fact that they think it's an important part of the process over those people who aren't here that actually want to be here that want to rip on the process and say that it's not important. It's, it's an important piece of the puzzle. Is it the only piece? Nobody thinks it's the only piece. But everybody thinks it's everybody that matters and knows what they're talking about knows that this is an important part of the evaluation. There's a reason it still exists and the reason why it's so widely attended. Amen, brother. Let's go ahead and put a bow on this thing, wrap this thing up. We'd like to thank each and every one of you uh, for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk about uh, the 2018 Senior Bowl, uh, the Locked On NFL Draft folks, John Ledyard and Trevor Sigma, they do a tremendous job. Highly recommend. If you're one of our consistent listeners and you don't subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft, please do. You know, these two are some of my favorite guys in the media sphere. They do tremendous work. I have great appreciation for both of them. And then obviously myself and Joe Marino, the Draft Dudes podcast, uh, you can follow along all of us at pewterreport.com where Trevor works. NDT Scouting and Fan Rag Sports, John Ledyard, myself, and Joe Marino all contribute there as well. We'd like to thank you again. We will catch up to you soon. Enjoy day three of the Senior Bowl, everyone. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.